Hello everyone, Krista and Hannah here with a brief message before we start the episode. We are on the third season of Keys to Music Learning and we have loved every second. Talking about audiation-based piano instruction is a passion of ours, if you couldn't tell, and we thank you for listening and keeping us going. We recently launched the Keys to Music Learning community. Similar to Patreon, this is a way to support the podcast and access bonuses, such as opportunities to attend podcast recordings and monthly meetings so you can pick our brains with your questions, share your successes, and connect with other teachers. Become a silent partner for only $3 a month or, to access the bonuses, a friend of the podcast for $5 a month. Join today at musiclearningacademy.com slash keys to music learning community. The link will be in our show notes. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Keys to Music Learning. I'm Krista Yadro of Music Learning Academy. And I'm Hannah Mayo of Hannah Mayo Music. Join us as we discuss common goals and challenges in the piano studio and offer research-based ideas and solutions to guide every one of your students to reach their full musical potential with audiation. In our last episode, I discussed my experiences with formal instruction through the music moves for piano books and how, quite frankly, they changed my life, both as a music educator and as a musician. And today, Krista is going to take a deeper look at what formal instruction is and how we apply it to audiation-based instruction. Thank you, Hannah. I'm going to start today's episode the same way I started my informal guidance episode with a definition straight from Dr. Gordon himself. In Learning Sequences and Music, Gordon defines formal instruction as, quote, a curriculum in which skill and tonal and rhythm context and content are structured and sequenced, as in learning sequence activities. Students' music responses are planned and directed by the teacher, end quote. There it is, context and content, again. (laughs) And if you go back and re-listen to Hannah's episode, you'll notice a few things from that definition that she discussed already. And there's just so much packed into those two sentences. So we're going to do our best to just break it down. So first, like in formal guidance, we have sequence. Music learning theory is all about the sequences. I just got to jump in and say that. Right now, as we are recording this episode, I'm looking at a post-it note that I have on my computer that says, always go back to the sequence. And there's multiple meanings behind that statement, but let's not get off track. Krista, formal instruction. (laughs) All right, I'm ready. So with formal instruction, we have specific sequences to follow in learning sequence activities, also known as LSAs, or some may know these activities as pattern instruction. If you have not heard of LSAs before, just listen and absorb. We'll dedicate entire episodes to these important activities in the future. LSAs are the foundation of formal instruction where students build a vocabulary of familiar tonal and rhythm patterns. They learn tonal and rhythm syllables, create and improvise with patterns, and read and write music notation. This carefully sequenced curriculum of pattern instruction teaches students to listen, 
perform, create, improvise, read, and write music notation with understanding. LSAs develop audiation. Right. And we sang tonal and chanted rhythm patterns with informal guidance. But now everything's just a little more formal. Exactly. We're following a specific sequence. And we are, as Gordon stated, planning and directing student responses. Which is very different from informal guidance, where we are encouraging, but not expecting specific responses. Mm-hmm. That's right. During each class or lesson, we're going to set aside a few minutes to guide students with LSAs, our pattern instruction, introducing and practicing skills with tonal and rhythm content. For example, during my last teaching day of the school year, one class echoed major tonic and dominant patterns, another created with duple meter division patterns, and another labeled minor tonic and subdominant patterns. Students learn and practice during learning sequence activities, and we bring these skills and that content back to our whole in the context of songs, creative activities, and piano repertoire. Yes, to put it in the simplest of terms, I hope, learning sequence activities are where we learn patterns and Mm -hmm. we do music stuff with them. And the longer you do these audiation development activities known as LSAs, and the more you coordinate that pattern development with the teaching of the piano, the more you start to notice the spiral learning that happens. The sequence starts to come alive, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. (laughs) And it does come alive. It comes alive in their understanding of the folk tunes that are used in Music Moves for Piano. It comes alive in their comprehension of piano repertoire, and it comes alive in their amazing improvisations and compositions. So true. So let's talk about the sequence of LSAs. In the definition, Gordon mentions three categories that are structured and sequenced. He mentions skills, tonal content, and rhythm content. I'm going to start with the content. What types of patterns are the students going to learn and in what order? Tonal patterns are organized by tonality, such as major or harmonic minor, and function, such as tonic or dominant. The brain just thrives on this organization. The tonal learning sequence lays out the order to teach these patterns to best develop tonal audiation. So right now, my Music Moves for Piano Book 1 students are learning major tonic and dominant patterns and harmonic minor tonic and dominant patterns. My book two students are learning more major tonic and dominant patterns, more harmonic minor tonic and dominant patterns, and starting subdominant patterns in each of these tonalities. My book three students are continuing major and harmonic minor tonic, dominant and subdominant patterns, practicing and adding more patterns to their vocabulary. Books four and five students will learn functions in Dorian, Mixolydian. Lydian, Phrygian, Aeolian, and Locrian. I wish I had this experience in middle and high school, which is when my students will be starting these books. Rhythm patterns are organized by meter, such as duple or triple, and then function, such as macromicrobeads, divisions, or elongations. Now, some of these words may be foreign. Again, absorb the terms, knowing we will revisit them in the future. The rhythm learning sequence lays out the order to teach these patterns to best develop rhythm audiation. We're not going to start with upbeat patterns. Those are hard. We're going to start with patterns that best lay the foundation for audiating rhythm. So my book one 
Students are learning duple and triple, macro microbee patterns, division and division elongation patterns. My book two students are continuing those and also learning duple and triple elongation patterns. My book three students are now doing duple and triple rest patterns, tie patterns, and upbeat patterns. Books four and five students, they're going to be learning macro microbeat patterns and division patterns in unusual meters, such as fives or sevens, and combined meter when we have an even macrobeat that's divided into duplets and triplets. If you're not familiar with all of these pattern categories just yet, you might be like me in my early MLT days when I was constantly asking things like, why is it like this? <laughs> the more I do this, the more I begin to see very subtle but very important things occurring. So for example, I used to ask myself why it took so long to get to rest patterns when so many other methods did that so much sooner. And with a bit of time and experience at myself, I came to realize that building that initial macrobeat, microbeat, and division pattern content sets a student up to audiate rests better. I don't think we can audiate a silence as effectively without first being able to audiate a sound. And this is just one of many examples. And that's a great point. I look forward to diving into rhythm in a future episode. Oh, two hours I could talk. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Or maybe I should say in future episodes, we might have to have just a series on rhythm. So now that you know what patterns the students are going to learn, it's important to know what they're going to do with them. And that's where the skill learning sequence comes in. This brilliant sequence is used with those categories of rhythm and tonal patterns to teach students to audiate the content. There's a whole lot of fancy words that go along with this, but I'm actually not going to use any of them today. Oh, thank God. (laughs) We'll stay far away from them. What I want you to know about the skill learning sequence is this. Students learn the patterns. Students use the patterns. Well said. (laughs) Keep in mind, the following takes place over time. This is a general overview of what students will do with a piece of content with the skill learning sequence. So let's use duple meter division patterns as the example. During the LSAs, the students will first echo them on a neutral syllable. Next, students will learn to label them. Do day do do day do. Macro microbe. Do today do day do today do. Division. Then students will echo them with rhythm syllables. Do today do today do day do. Do today do today do day do. Do today, do, do today, do day. Do today, do, do today, do day. So, so far, the students have learned to label and chant duple meter division patterns, both with a neutral syllable and with rhythm syllables. Now, throughout this process, students are also going to use what they know. They can identify same and different. Ba, 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 ba. Different. 
pa 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 same they can create a pattern pa 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 they can translate patterns meaning i'll give them a pattern with neutral syllables and they will echo with rhythm syllables pa 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 do 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 pa 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 do 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 Students can label patterns that are chanted with neutral syllables. Pa 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 pa. Micro microbe. Pa 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 pa. Division. And students can improvise a duple meter division pattern. So now I'm adding the restriction of improvising with a specific meter and function. Do today, do day, do today, do. Do today, do today, do day, do. Do data, do data, do day, do. Do data, do day, do day, do. Depending on how well a student uses the patterns, I may go back to what we already learned, perhaps practicing more with neutral syllables or rhythm syllables. or i may keep going with a skill learning sequence to identifying context reading or writing yes that's one of the greatest things about this approach is the flexibility to challenge students who pick up things really easily and to maybe take a step back and review some things for students that don't get it right away mhm yes absolutely individualizing the instruction using the sequence that's laid out in music learning theory When students learn each of these skills, you know, echo, label, create, read, and write with the tonal and rhythm contents, they can immediately start applying it to their creative projects, their improvisations, their performance pieces. So just think about the growth, the understanding, the musicianship we will see as the students' tonal and rhythm vocabularies and their skills develop and expand through audiation. And let's also be clear about something. LSAs are not a one and done thing. Students will be reviewing pattern instruction all the time. It takes time. It takes a lot of time to develop these skills. Fortunately, students will be cementing those patterns into their audiation faster with the performances and the games and the activities at and away from the piano. But it mm-hmm. takes time be patient and that's why we talk about books 1 all the way <laughs> through books 5 they're learning that entire entire sequence that is a just... lifetime of piano lessons right yeah, there it is it is a lifetime of piano lessons i really wish i had growing up me too yeah and um yeah we're just so lucky to have music moves for piano and we're lucky that it covers both informal guidance and formal instruction so beautifully and so true to the sequence laid out by Dr. Gordon with music learning theory. 
This is a big topic, and we will no doubt break down and discuss more in the future, but I hope this general overview is helpful. If you are not already a member of our Facebook group, we would love to have you join us at Keys to Music Learning, an introduction to audiation-based piano instruction and music moves for piano. I know it's a long name. It just has to be that way. There you will find resources, videos, and a guide to get started in audiation-based piano lessons. We hope to see you there. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon.